Hi everyone, I'm Andy. And I'm Allie. And welcome back to another episode of Marianne and Wanda, your book and media podcast. How's it going? It's going okay. Uh, We're in another work week. I got a lot of stuff to do, but um, we had a really good weekend this past weekend. Um, Yeah, yeah, we did. (laughs) We did, yeah. Uh, I drove all the way up to Tennessee. Um, I got to spend a little bit of time with my mom, which was nice. Um, And I got to see my cat, Tinkerbell, who's like, goodness, like 17 or 18 at this point. Yeah. Um, Is she fully an outside cat? No, she spends a lot more time inside now. My mom has taken pity on her. (laughs) Um, Yes. And, but you and I, so we got to have dinner with our friends and then you and I went to the Chicks concert, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, we got to introduce Allie to Barcelona Wine Bar, which if anybody hasn't gone, it's worth a trip. We tried lots of different tapas and sangria and had a good time so got to hang out with the gals for a little bit and then yeah we went to go see the chicks which we had some really great seats from my work um which I didn't know if they were going to be obstructed view or not until we got there but turns out we had really good seats no none of that none of the seats up there would have been obstructed that would have been ridiculous yeah, um, but <laughs> yeah, and they played, you know, some of their hits. There were a couple that I wanted. So if you're a Chicks fan, like I really wanted to hear, I guess, Easy Silence, which I didn't realize until after the concert. That would have been mm-hmm. nice. But yeah, I would have liked to also hear Heartbreak Town and yeah. You Were Mine. But I think other than that, they they covered a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, great show. Yep, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you were able to come because. I think you enjoyed it more than Adam would have. (laughs) (laughs) Almost certainly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's pretty much the highlights from my week. We're also like facing a drought really badly. Mm. And our house runs on rainwater and we are almost out of water. So we're like in super conservative mode so that we don't run out. (laughs) Can't you call the fire department or something and get them to bring you water in like dire circumstances? Yeah, we can, but we'd have to pay for it. And uh-huh. I assume it would be a couple hundred dollars for the yeah. fire department to come fill it up. Yeah, I don't know. There's ways that we can we can get water if it's really that bad. Also, my boss told me today, he was like, you should call a company that installs swimming pools because they know companies that haul water oh. uh, to fill up swimming pools. So he's like, call one of them and see if they have a company that delivers water and maybe they could bring it to you I'm like oh that's a good idea so I might see about how much that would run us but yeah mm-hmm. there is no rain in the forecast for the foreseeable future it's been like probably six weeks if not more since we've had a really hard rain oh goodness well yeah but yeah other than that everything's pretty much normal yeah yeah. Well, today we are talking about a movie that I have seen once in college but you never have right Correct. And that is, of course, the classic 9 to 5, um, released in the year 1980. Big movie uh, to this day, I would say. And holds up, if you ask me. Yeah, but- I thought it was still very relatable. Um, but we, I guess we kind of stumbled, not really stumbled across, but put this one on our list after we watched the Dolly Parton documentary. 
Mm-hmm. So this one, we've been meaning to watch it for a little while now, and I'm glad we finally put it on the list. Yeah, and so this movie stars, of course, the trio that we all love, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, and Dolly Parton, um, as three women who work together to take down their egotistical, sexist boss after he denies Violet a well, played by Lily Tomlin, a well-deserved promotion, spreads a pretty big rumor a pretty big lie about an affair with Dora Lee as played by Dolly Parton and fires a coworker friend of Judy played by Jane Fonda for discussing salaries. Um, and in kind of a really wild turn of events, they hold him hostage as they wait to gather evidence of his misdoing to get him like fired. And in the meantime, make all these great improvements to the office and for the workers. Yeah, I thought their whole reason for keeping him captive and getting the invoices from that warehouse was just to blackmail him so that he didn't turn them in. I didn't think it was to get him fired. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, if they got some dirt on him, then he wouldn't go to the police and say that they tried to to kill him. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, But then he gets set free by his wife and... um, ends up getting promoted from all of the improvements that they made around the bot or around the office, um, which brought around, I guess, a big increase in productivity. And then he gets uh, sent off to Brazil to go work somewhere else. And so like <laughs> great work on their part, I guess. Yeah. But still kind of annoying that he was rewarded for his good work. Yeah. Well, good work. And yeah. they were like, we need you to go head up this other, you know, company or not company this other division in brazil you're you're a great fit for it so like even though he had to go somewhere he didn't want to go like he was still praised for his quote good work yeah but it was fine yeah they didn't really care (laughs) this was of course so the original idea for this movie actually came from jane fonda after she visited her friend karen nussbaum um who had an organization called nine to five Um, that was actually working for uh, working women's rights in the 1970s. And it was written by Colin Higgins and Patricia Resnick. Patricia Resnick, I couldn't really find, she like was a producer for like a movie called Straight Talk and then also Mad Men. Um, But nothing really, I think either of us would have seen. No, probably not. Colin Higgins also wrote and I think produced Harold and Maude, which was a TV show that I think I know in name only. And then it turns out he was one of the first openly gay producers and directors in Hollywood. So a really great guy. This would have been like late 70s, early 80s. Oh, yeah. In like the 70s. I think Harold and Maude was like 1971 or something. Um, So in that whole decade. Dolly Parton and her original song written for the movie 9 to 5, which I believe everyone knows at this point in time. Yeah. Um, she and mainly the song were nominated for several Oscars, Golden Globes, and Grammys uh, for like best original song in a movie. I think it only won like a People's Choice Award or something, which was unfortunate, but what can you do? Hmm. Um, and then there was also a spinoff TV show and I think also a musical based on this. So um, it's really left its mark on, I think, our culture, which I love myself. Yeah, I didn't know that there was a spinoff show about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it have the original cast in it? Or, else, or at least Jane and Lily? 
No, it doesn't have any of them in it. I think it has Lily Tomlin's sister, maybe. Mm. But none of the original three. Or even um, Dabney Coleman, who plays the boss, Franklin Hart Jr. That's, I guess, our intro to it. I don't know if you just want to get into it. Um, yeah. I listened to a podcast, a couple different podcasts about this, um, including the All 80s Movie Podcast. And one of their um, big thing, their big issues with it was this huge tonal shift that we get. So, like, the first introduction to the movie is a comedic. Like, Lily Tomlin has a lot of, like, one-off liners and stuff. Um, the sarcastic things that she mumbles under her voice. Mm-hmm. Th- like, that are in the first part of the movie. And then, at one point in time, there's, like, this huge shift whenever they go and they smoke weed. And... Um, all like describe their fantasies about how they would take out their boss if they could Mm -hmm. and like that was their huge issue with this movie but to me that wasn't like it i didn't have an issue with that i i was all in for all parts of this movie yeah i thought it flowed very well and i didn't think that the fantasy scenes were like i don't know too wild or anything because they were known to be fantasy scenes yes expected them to be a little off the wall and like the animation part with the snow white scene mm-hmm. like that that didn't seem weird to me that there was animated birds and stuff like that no and it turns out that each of those fantasies was actually one that was described to jane fonda when she went to an office in cleveland so like these are all very th- these are real fantasies people have had <laughs> which i loved did you have a favorite fantasy I think I probably liked Dolly Parton's um, fantasy the best. Doralee. Yeah. I don't know. It's either that one or the Snow White poison scene. (laughs) That's funny because my favorite is Judy's, which is the hunter scene. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that one was the most bizarre. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of the hunter in Jumanji starring Robin Williams. I haven't seen that. One. Well, I have seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Oh, okay. Well, we'll add that to the list later in time. But <laughs> that's what it reminds me of, and I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, <laughs> I liked I liked Violet's and Doralee's both separately, but I thought they were both really good. Yeah, and that was just so funny. I think that's one of my very favorite scenes in this whole movie is them like just describing how they would take down Franklin Hart if they could. Yeah, Calm Hart, I guess. <laughs> He was the worst. The other thing that this podcast that I listened to said, the host said that they like they really hated him. They understood why everyone hates him, but then they were also like, "Who is like?" There was something about him we kind of liked, and I was like, "I don't know what that means," but I didn't love that. Uh, to me, he's what? just like a really good villain. He's the very hateable. Who the people who were hosting that podcast? What age group do you think they were in? Uh, they were young when this movie came out. Um, okay so older than us yeah yeah maybe that was part of the reason why they liked him a little bit i don't know i don't know i don't i don't get that (laughs) i thought he was a great villain though very well written yeah the whole contraption that they had set up in his bedroom made me laugh every time it came (laughs) on screen (laughs) that was so funny and they bootstrapped him in his room (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was also ingenious, though, because they had him on the string, and then they just pressed, like, a garage door opener, and he was all of a sudden suspended in the air. Was that because Violet 
in the beginning was working on her garage door with the garage door opener. Yeah, I assumed that that's why that happened. Why they set it up that way. I just now thought about that connection. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, but uh, we have some notes that even though this movie is like 40 plus years ago, a lot of the issues that the women in the workplace were pushing for are still things that are being pushed for today, which is just wild. Yeah, very relatable still, which is sad. Yeah, very sad. But like one thing that made me mad, I guess, while watching it is all the times that the the bosses, whether it was Hart or like some of the other bosses, they would refer to the women as girls or just like kind of derogatory terms that just made them obviously aware that they did not see the women as equals. Mm-hmm. And that drove me crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's a quote in um, the documentary that Netflix has about this movie. It's called Nine to Five, The Story of a Movement. It's like all of the background about Jane Fonda's friends movement. Mm-hmm. And one of the quotes uh, that from the, the movie was, we are referred to as girls until the day we retire without pension. I was like, wow. Yeah. I, that really hits home. <clears throat> Have you ever been called a pet name or a degrading name like that in the workplace? Uh, no, not so much because I, I'm in the sciences. So that's, I think, um, a little bit harder to get away with now I've mm-hmm. definitely been called that by members of the general public but not really in the workforce now have you yeah I've been called kid and sweetie before which mm. I don't feel like feel the person who called me kid was a, a male older than me uh, that was like when I first started at the company I work at now mm-hmm. <laughs> I called him out and I was like nope we are not doing that you we have the same job title I might be younger than you, but you are not allowed to call me kid. (laughs) Did he respond well? Yeah, he said sorry. (laughs) Okay, good. Did not happen again. (laughs) We love to hear that. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting that like women are a lot of times, especially younger women in the workplace, it's not totally uncommon to be called names like girl, kid, sweetie, that would not fly with male coworkers or even just older women that are in the workplace too. Yeah. It's still yeah, it still haven't come very far. <laughs> I love the switch of Dora Lee's character where um she like everyone is assuming that she's sleeping with the boss and like that's why he gives her a present, but then we figure out that in fact he's like very much so I, I would say like assaulting her, like very much so um peering down her blouse and like mm-hmm. I think at one point he she said that he like said there was a conference in california somewhere or something and they went on a trip together Mm -hmm. that wasn't actually (laughs) real (laughs) yeah but the way she handled it even though it was completely inappropriate from his side all of those different comments and stuff like that she handled it very professionally like she didn't let him keep on going she would put a stop to it immediately or like deflect the situation which i thought was even though you shouldn't have to go through that, a very professional way to handle the situation. Yeah, right up until she threatened him with a gun at her purse. Well, yeah, that, that's a little too far. Today, you would be instantly fired and arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Even bringing a gun to work, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on where you work. Some places in Tennessee, that's definitely allowed. 
Definitely yeah. in Alabama, too, honestly. I'm thinking about, like, the lobby area, at because I work for a very large corporation. The lobby of the corporate office, there's no, like, metal detectors or anything. Like, I mean, any employee could just walk in with a gun. If they had it concealed, nobody would know. Great. Yeah. No, this is what <laughs> I'm going to worry about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it was I, pretty funny that she kept it in her purse, and then it made me laugh when they were all um, smoking weed at Doralee's house, and she said the only time she'd used her gun was she accidentally shot a hole right through her purse. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny, but she's so threatening with it. She's like, "I'll turn you from a what was it like? Turn you from a a rooster to a hen with one oh, shot." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so funny. Yeah, I liked her. She was probably my favorite character. Yeah. She was good. I feel like probably the one that's shown the least out of the three of them was Judy, Jane Fonda's character. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like that was partly by design. I don't know, like, because she was, uh, well, you know, she was, like, the new worker in the office and, like, newly divorcing and, like, yeah, uh, yeah. it felt very, um, like, intended that way. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely loved the scene where she was trying to make the copies on that absolutely bonkers huge xerox (laughs) machine yeah did not know they were that big back in the day i think it's funny that it's even called a xerox machine and not just a copier (laughs) was name brand it's like kleenex you know yeah i think yeah between like that yeah all these like little bits very funny very comedically funny movie Mm -hmm. yeah i think what would you say your favorite scene was I want to say, yeah, I'm definitely, I think I'm going to go with Jane Fonda's, like, overall, the three fantasies, but Jane Fonda's fantasy in particular. Okay. I think my favorite scene of the whole movie is the hospital scene, where (laughs) (laughs) she steals the wrong body, and they take off in the car, and then they, like, realize they got the wrong body, and they take it back. (laughs) Yeah, classic misunderstanding. she's like can you come over here for a minute she's like what is the who is that (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah that's funny i liked this movie a lot oh good i'm so glad i did like also that um hart was unknowingly writing all of these new benefit programs into action uh because doralee signs his signature on everything Uh (laughs) uh-huh But I liked that they set up a daycare. They had flexible scheduling. They offered full-time and part-time. They gave the office a makeover and made it more homey. Mm -hmm. And I liked seeing that they were offering more benefits for the workers since the workers are the ones who actually get everything done. I I think that daycares, I guess it depends on the size of the company, but I feel like companies should either offer a stipend to help pay for daycare or if it's a large enough company should offer an on-site daycare Mm -hmm. yeah i I agree i think that's a really good idea um and then Mm -hmm. it would make it a lot easier for both parents really to return to the workforce Mm -hmm. which i would say like if i worked in the office full-time i would have a harder time with daycare scheduling i mean even adam and i switching on and off with who picks rosie up and who drops her off the days that i go downtown I have to leave um, home so early that, like, I wouldn't be able to drop her off. Mm -hmm. So, like, for a single parent, that could be super, super hard. Um, But, yeah, I think that uh, employers nowadays need to get on that and either offer stipends for daycare or or offer a daycare service in the office if it's a big enough uh, workplace. 
and yeah, be flexible with work from home when necessary. And yeah, whatnot. that's probably something that I like the most about my job is that I do have flexible scheduling and they understand like if Rosie gets sick and I need to go pick her up early, like nobody's harping on me like, oh, you can't take off an hour to go pick her up and come back home. Like you need to be working that full time and whatever. Like they're like, if you get your work done, they're, they're pretty much like, yeah, that's fine. Do what you need to do. Yeah, my sister and her husband, um, well, her, my nephew first got COVID and then my Uh brother-in-law got COVID. And so they've had to like stay home for the past nine days because he hasn't been able to go to daycare and he's kept testing positive. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, yeah, it's great that they can work from home when necessary and like have time off Mm -hmm. paid when necessary. Yeah. Um, And a lot of these things that they mentioned in the movie, those were all... um, benefits that the advocacy group nine to five was um advocating for for people or for women particularly working women in the 70s so Mm -hmm. yeah very realistic (laughs) love to see it and then that guy was like great job heart for bringing back the daycare and he's like daycare (laughs) (laughs) i would never have thought about it yeah that's why we need more women in leadership roles. <laughs> Speaking of women, there was a very easily hated woman in this movie. Yeah. Roz. So she was the <laughs> spy. And she was hiding in the bathroom, which is absolutely crazy. Um, but I was wondering when I was watching this, and maybe it's just because I watched Monsters Inc. like maybe a month ago or three weeks ago or something. If the Roz that's the spy in Monsters Inc., who's a office worker, is possibly named after the Roz from this movie. Maybe. But the Roz from Monsters, Inc., yeah, she's an office worker and, like, harps on people about their paperwork, but she doesn't really spy on anybody that I She is part of an undercover operation. She infiltrated the company. Roz from Monsters, Inc.? Yes. Okay, maybe I need to go back and rewatch that. Yes, absolutely. She is <laughs> the inside person for like a, a big governmental investigation <laughs> in this company. Okay, yeah, I guess I need to rewatch it. But so the Roz from this movie, who is sitting in the toilet with her, or in the bathroom with her feet up on the toilet, taking notes on toilet paper, and then yeah. goes to report her gossip to Hart. <laughs> why was Hart not like, why are you taking notes on company time about gossip get back to work lady well i because it benefited him you know yeah <laughs> but you're right but it doesn't feel like he should have been part of her job description but also how easily they got her on a flight to france for <laughs> six weeks or something like that yeah to take her language learning course <laughs> yeah that's funny and so what do you think about the end of this movie? Like, do the ends justify the means of them tying up him for um, for a month, almost? <laughs> I, or like, I was surprised to see the timeline was that long, like four to six weeks that they were keeping him tied up. It was a bold undertaking on their part, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, they they basically just were digging themselves into a deeper and deeper hole. <laughs> mm-hmm. But in a very funny way uh yeah probably not worth it but i do absolutely love the ending of him being just like sent to brazil yeah um, and like everything that happens with the women as well you know like uh, violet still gets promoted judy mm-hmm. finds a new husband um, in love with the xerox man <laughs> yeah understandable we love a good xerox man you know <laughs> and then dorley ended up being a country and western singer 
Oh, yeah. Very <laughs> fitting. They really dug into Dolly's uh, country roots with this movie. Mm-hmm. Which I loved, of course. Yeah. I liked that in the movie, too, she had really long, like noticeable um, standout fingernails, too. Because <laughs> that's a, yeah. a classic Dolly thing. Well, you know that's part of how she wrote the song 9 to 5? Right, yeah. She was playing her nails against um, each other, and it sounded like a washboard, and then she realized that it sounded like a typewriter, and so came the song. Really yeah. iconic. <laughs> yeah. One other thing I wanted to touch on, um, again, kind of going back to women in the workplace, is what we see a lot of in the movie is women in the workplace then versus now, and how a lot of them are pretty similar. We already mentioned, mm-hmm. like, pet names or degrading names, like girl, that they kept using in this movie, but... Mm-hmm. We can see oftentimes, too, that, like, which I don't really understand the full business of what was going on in this movie, what company this was, but, like, all of the women on the floor were secretaries, mm-hmm. essentially secretaries. Well, that was a, a sign of the times. Yeah. So, in in the 70s, it was, like, 20 million women that were in secretarial positions in, like, mm-hmm. the United States. Yeah. I just wonder, like, what all that entailed. Like, because it seemed like this company was kind of financial based, like whether they were a, like an auditing company or something like that. It seemed like it was finance based. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just seems like um, a lot of times women can be treated as if they're an admin, even if that's yeah. actually what their role is. I've seen that before in, in roles that I've had, like where uh, me and a male coworker have the same job title, but our boss will give me more of the custodial or admin mm-hmm. tech, and they'll give my male coworker like just more in depth or like I don't know different things that are not admin related. Yeah, that we have the same job title, so I feel like that's pretty common that women would experience stuff like that. Then, yeah. um, because it seemed like in the movie there was a couple different men that were shown i don't know what the main guy's name was who was taking notes about all the changes going on in the mm-hmm. office but he obviously had some kind of leadership role because he was reporting that to upper management mm-hmm. and things like that um but then also women as we can tell uh, are a lot of times overlooked for promotions or position of leadership uh, and we saw that um Violet, what was it, the new VP or the new manager or something like that? I and mean, she had worked there for 12 years, but they went ahead and passed her over because they needed a man in the position. Yeah. And Hart was like, he has a family to support. And then Violet was like, I do too. I am a single mother. I'm a widow. Yeah. Yeah. But- so that just was a, a bogus excuse. But yeah. yeah, I think the, a lot of times, I think today, if there is some kind of discrimination about like giving a job to a man versus a woman, they won't flat out say that's what the reasoning is, but it could be. And they just think of another thing to say. Oh yeah, of course not. I feel like it's still very common for women to be overlooked for promotions and leadership positions. And I think sometimes that's because women can sometimes be seen as too sensitive or not assertive enough, Mm -hmm. which is also bogus. Yeah, or too emotional. Yeah, too emotional, things like that. Just very unfortunate that that frame of mind is still very present in the workplace. Not not any workplace in particular, just in general. Yeah. Of the leadership positions in our school, 
um, they're all populated by white men. So yeah, it's it's yeah, very unfortunate that that's still how it is. But you know, we still have, keep advocating for change. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to just hold somebody hostage and like sign their name to a bunch of work programs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe radical means are what's necessary. You know? Yeah, <laughs> something to consider. Yeah. But yeah, I did think that there was a lot of parallels in the movie that are still very present today, which is unfortunate that there is still that divide between men and women in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Highly recommend this movie if you've not already watched it and gotten it all spoiled by us. <laughs> yeah, that does kind of seem like it was more of a, a negative movie from all those things I just said, but it was a very funny movie so funny like there was a lot of physical comedy like the chair kept breaking on heart the boss like that was funny yeah <laughs> lily tomlin had so many one-liners where you know like ross handed her a notice to put up on a bulletin board and she responded yeah i know where to put it or shove it <laughs> um it's just like <laughs> so funny um i love lily tomlin i also love jane fonda i love dolly parton like we love these women yeah so. i thought it was funny too that like obviously Jane Fonda's character it's her first day of work there and Lily Tomlin's character like takes her under her wing and shows her around and kind of points out under her breath like yeah we don't talk to Roz because she's stuck up and she you know that kind of thing but she Mm kind of like gives her the lowdown on everybody but at first everybody doesn't like Dolly Parton's character because they think they're having an affair and it makes Dolly's character very upset when she's talking to her husband about it and Mm -hmm. then once it comes out that there is not an affair going on, then they all get together and go have drinks and yeah. become BFFs. Yes. And still friends to this day, allegedly. Yep. So. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to speak for anyone. I am not any of these women. Mm-hmm. Though I will say I did just have I just caught some text messages in my friend's group chat where they said that sometimes when they watch Lily Tomlin and something, they think that she's related to me. And the like, my friend Megan was like, I sometimes think like to text Allie, <laughs> Lily did great and something. It's like you guys are so funny. I would love Lily why Tomlin they, to be my family. Why do they think you're related? Just because we have like, similar mannerisms. Ah, okay. <laughs> she just seems like she could be a Smith, you know? Yeah, I don't really see a resemblance, but oh no, yeah. definitely not a familiar resemblance. <laughs> More of a mannerism thing. Yeah. I just looked her up. Did you know that she was, uh, she voiced somebody in the Magic School Bus? Yeah, she did Mrs. Frizzle, didn't she? Holy cow, yeah. Miss Frizzle. Yeah, Miss Frizzle. Didn't know that. She's great. I I mean, I'm not denying that. I just didn't realize (laughs) that she was in that. (laughs) Yeah. She's also been like a stand-up comedian. She was in one of my favorite TV shows, Grace and Frankie. I've uh, I don't know how many seasons there are of that, but I've definitely watched most of the first season, I believe. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Uh, it's been so long ago, I don't even really remember. Okay. Well, I highly recommend everyone watches <laughs> that. So, yeah. Any final thoughts? I think it's time to rate it. Okay. What's our scale? Hmm. Five out of control Xerox machines. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, I, I give it like a 4.9 out of control Xerox machines. <laughs> I don't really know what's wrong with it. Um, there's really nothing, but I, I don't... 4.9. I'm 
I'm gonna go 4.8 out of control Xerox machines. This was really funny. It was it was much funnier than I anticipated. Yes, very much so. It holds up a lot better than the last 80s movie that we watched. <laughs> oh, absolutely. This is absolutely no comparison to The Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah. Much better. Yeah, zero comparison. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you if you love any of them, watch this. And I also do recommend the Netflix documentary 9 to 5, The Story of a Movement. It was very eye-opening. Okay, so we've got another short story coming up which is driving a hard bargain by val mcdermott in the series stranded Mm -hmm. and then the book for the month is taste my life through food by stanley tucci yes i've been meaning to read it which is why i chose it but in hindsight maybe we should have done a spooky but um we'll watch a spooky movie or two during the month of october so too spooky because i don't like spooky movies no a little something like a Halloween Town, Halloween or Town. Focus, or yeah, Do the you classics. Like Focus or Halloween Town better? Uh, I think Focus. Focus. <sighs> it's been so long since I've seen either one of them, but I think I remember Hocus Pocus better. Okay, well then maybe we should watch both of them during October, and we can figure out which one is actually better. Okay, because I think a lot of people are either Team Halloween Town or Team Hocus Pocus if they grew up watching disney channel at all because mm-hmm. you played during october like all the time yeah anyway I, I know a lot of people who like them both too though yeah so i started the stanley tucci book uh, i started it today and i'm about 15 percent of the way through it on the audiobook and the mm-hmm. audiobook is read by him so oh, okay that may change your mind whether or not you want to read it or listen to it uh are you enjoying it so far yeah um so i didn't i don't really know anything about his personal life i know a lot of the movies he's been in but one little snippet that i heard today was that his mom would always make him these like super gourmet sandwiches for his lunch that he would take to school Mm -hmm. and he would trade them with other kids sometimes but mainly (laughs) this one kid who would have a fluffernutter sandwich do you know what (laughs) fluffernutter is (laughs) aren't those those, like peanut butter um they're in the shape of a peanut no <laughs> what am i thinking of you're thinking of but a fluff and utter sandwich is instead marshmallow of marshmallow peanut, and peanut jelly, butter yeah instead of uh peanut butter and jelly it's peanut butter and marshmallow fluff which is basically just melted marshmallows okay. um, which i grew up eating those quite a bit because my mom had those quite a bit growing up mm-hmm. um, so yeah he was saying that he would have this like super gourmet sandwich like homemade bread with like all this kind of fancy stuff on it and he would trade it for a fluff and utter sandwich <laughs> that's so funny well i'm very excited to start it yeah it's pretty good so far i'm still like early on into it but yeah the audiobook is read by him if that changes anybody's mind about wanting to read it or listen to it so we'll see you guys later for that um yeah. and just for the record I'm, i think i'm thinking of nutter butters oh you're thinking of the cookies yes ah yeah no this is actually a sandwich yes <laughs> glad we cleared that one up thanks for joining us on this episode of Marianne and Wanda we would love to hear your feedback and if you have any books or topics for us to review you can reach us at Marianne and Wanda podcast on Instagram or send us an email at Marianne and Wanda podcast at gmail.com talk to you later bye bye